0: You gotta be very careful that you don't expend all of your energy fighting battles that are not yours, and then you don't have any energy left for the battles that are yours. And now you've gotten so tired leaving comments on Facebook posts with people that you don't know in Idaho that you don't have any strength to engage with the people who live in your own house. I'm not trying to run the White House. I'm trying to run my house, and I got my hands full. I got three people in my house who are dependents. Yeah, I know when you're wearing yourself out swinging at stuff that's not even yours to fight. I'm, I'm, I'm bad about this, though. I sometimes it's as if I don't have enough drama for my own self. So I start trying to control other people. You know how you can tell if you're fighting the wrong battles? If you are trying to control others, you're fighting the wrong battle. You can't control others. Past a certain point, you can only manipulate short-term behavioral results, but you can't change somebody's heart. That's why even the New Testament says, as much as it is possible with you, live at peace with all men. There comes a point where the peace of another person Is not your responsibility. Your peace is your responsibility. And there comes a point where where you have to say, That's not my battle. That's not my battle. I've done all I can do, but that's not my battle. In fact, let me give you a great little line to use. The next time somebody tries to draw you into some gossip or draw you into some drama, okay? And they'll usually say, What do you think about so and so? We heard about so-and-so? What do you think about people ask me this all the time about another ministry? What do you think about so-and-so? And I learned this from an older minister. They taught me what to say. What do you think about, and here's what you say back. I don't. It'll work for a variety of situations. It can work for A situation that you're ignorant about and you only read headlines, so you really don't have anything to say because we can't trust the information that we're given. It can work about Donald Trump. It can work about Kanye West. It can work about somebody else that drops their kid off at school next to you and they're having trouble in their marriage. What do you think about so-and-so? I don't. My heart is a full-time drama factory. I do not need to borrow drama from anybody else's personal life. I got my own drama. BYOD, bring your own drama. I got enough. You brought your own drama to church without judging somebody else from what you think about them from 10 seconds of their life compared to the entirety of it. I don't have time for it. And Jehoshaphat didn't run around looking at what other people were doing, he went to seek. The Lord. He went to inquire of the Lord. And this is not just some glib prayer, or this is not just getting some feeling and going with it and calling it God. And this isn't just slapping a scripture verse on something that you wanted to do anyway so that you can blame it on God when it doesn't work out. This is really seeking the Lord. In fact, the Bible says that he was shaken, but he wasn't, he wasn't, maybe I should say it this way he was shocked, but he wasn't shook. who didn't see this coming? Ammon, Moab, and the Edomites. That's three of them. I could fight one, but there's three of them. It's bigger than me, and it's coming up from behind me. You got something bigger than you that came up from behind you? Jehoshaphat's prayer is interesting, because he's praying about Ammon, Moab, and The Edomites from Mount Seir. But we got three different enemies. We got the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's from 1 John. That's your enemy. The world, the flesh, and the devil. That's the values that oppose your purpose. The world, the flesh. That's the patterns that oppose your purpose. And the devil. That is the principality that opposes your purpose. And I could fight one. But how do I fight the Devil when I'm fighting my own flesh? How do I fight the world when actually there's a part of me that wants to do it like the world? I could fight one, but I can't fight them all, and they're bigger than me, and it's coming up from behind. How do I raise kids in a culture where the information of the history of the universe is in their pocket? How do I have a sex talk with kids when they don't have to go to a gas station to see pornography? They can do it right beside their Bible lap. The nature of the battle determines the nature of the strategy. When you don't understand the nature of the battle, you will not understand the nuance of the strategy. So you will fight the battle, not understanding the dynamics of the battle, and you will lose the battle because you will wrestle on the wrong level. Can I preach a little bit today? It's for 50 people that you are facing something that snuck up from behind you, didn't see this coming, and it's bigger than you. I don't know which one to fight next. When you understand the nature of the battle… You can understand the nature of the strategy, and that's why I got to ask God. Jehoshaphat resolved to seek the Lord. That means he involved the priests, the Levites, and they got together, and he got surrounded by the right people. He's not going to Ahab this time. He's not asking all his friends what they think about it this time. He's not looking for celebrity culture to influence his decisions this time. He's going to the right place but he doesn't have a plan. And I want you to see his prayer because it'll help you. If you're facing a battle that is bigger than you and it's snuck up from behind you, every day this week, I want you to open your Bible to 2 Chronicles 20, verse 3 and following. Read what Jehoshaphat prayed and then pray it. Because verse 5 says out loud, I want you to pray this every day this week. If you're fighting a battle that is bigger than you, and it snuck up from behind you. Get in God's face this week for a few minutes every day and pray this prayer because Jehoshaphat stood up, verse 5, in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard. This is Solomon's temple. This is the one they dedicated to God. This is the one where God promised to pour out his presence for any problem you face and he starts reminding God of what God said. O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? I love this man because he has already shifted his focus from what is coming against him to the one who reigns above him. O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel? Remind God of what He's already done when you're not sure what He's doing right now not so he can remember but so you can come on you need to remember this is not your first rodeo cowboy this is not the first time you cried this is not the first time you were short of breath this is not the first time you didn't see a way clear this is not the first time you were hurt this is not the first time your heart was broken this is not the first time you didn't have enough money this is not the first diagnosis that came up from behind feel his presence Did you not do it before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? Watch this. He said, you gave it forever. And since you gave it forever, it can't stop now. Since you promised to fulfill your purpose, no enemy from Ammon, no enemy from Moab, no enemy from Mount Seir, no Edomite can take it away. And when he says it, On one hand, he's praising God, but it almost sounds like he's blaming God. Notice the tone. It shifts in verse 8. They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword or judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. But now. God, great God, respectfully King Sir, the Righteous One. But now here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. Uh Uh-oh. Jehoshaphat said, this is not my fault. Now, last time when I hooked up with Ahab, that's on me. But this one, somebody shot this one. This one, we're doing the best we can. This one, we're praying in the temple. This one, we were acting according to the wisdom that we had for the situation we were in. This one, nobody really knew how to do it. This one, we couldn't have prevented by obedience. This one is different. This one is different. And you're going through something right now that's a little different. Sure, you've got sin, and you've got things you need to repent of, and I do too. And If you dare look at me with an angelic face when I say that, I promise I will prophesy, and God will show me something about your life that you do not want on these IMAX screens. I'll do it. But this one, this battle, this, this coalition, is three enemies. They joined up to fight me, and the whole reason they're even here is because when Moses led the people out of Egypt, you told him that he couldn't drive them out because they were the relatives of Esau. That's who the Edomites were. They were the descendants of Esau. And Esau was the son of Isaac. He wasn't his favorite son, but he was still his son. He gave away his birthright, but he was still his son. And Isaac was the son of Abraham. And Abraham was God's friend and so God did not let the Israelites drive out somebody that belonged to his friend. When you've got a friend who knows how to fight, it will make you confident. When you've got a friend who knows how to fight… I remember this kid we used to pick on in fourth grade called Eric Pye, but then Eric Eric Pye made friends with Harry Walker. Eric Pye couldn't fight, but Harry Walker could. Harry Walker was 17 with chest hair in the fourth grade. Harry Walker had a prison record in the fourth grade. Harry Walker said, you pick on him, you pick on me. Now look at somebody confident and say, you fight me, you got to fight my friend. This is a bold message. This is to know it might be bigger than me, but it's not bigger than God.